0: salutations motherfuckers i feel kind of crappy uh welcome to uh cold season um hope you guys are still enjoying your 2019s and whatnot um uh, this is your host d carrie uh and shit new episode what is this episode 16 i want to say 16 consistent weeks of content i am very proud of that Fuck what you heard. I don't stay consistent. And uh, this is a good feeling for me. So uh, be sure to follow me on the Instagrams, underscore D-C-A-R-R-I-E, and follow the podcast, uh, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N, S-H-I-T, underscore. Here at the Beats on Film Network. Holla at them over there, Beats on Film. Follow them, too. Um, Yeah, travel and shit if you haven't already figured it out is a quirky little podcast where we discuss, and by we, I mean myself, occasionally this nigga over here, Shazi, and my wonderful guests who I've met through different travels and just life experiences. Where we discuss more so what was learned or what was or what we gained from our experiences traveling, more than you know how to do Europe solo or how to be a safe female flyer and that kind of shit. Which is all important. There's space for that. It's just not what I want to talk about. Um, So today I wanted to kind of piggyback off of, well, not piggyback, but we all know the whole Surviving R. Kelly uh, documentary was aired on Lifetime, I guess like a week ago. I don't have cable. So I did not watch it myself. I at some point. How do how do you hook this up? At some point. Oh, this way, right? I at some point will um, intend to actually watch it um, because I am curious as to, um, you know, what these women's put, rocket science here. Come on, you're a director, I'm trying to set up the live here, guys. <laughs> Excuse me. So I yes, like I started saying, I am interested in actually watching the documentary, but um don't have cable and I just don't know if I'm ready to sit through that level of uh stress causing content. Um but there's the whole mute R. Kelly movement and also with Kanye being this fervent uh, Trump supporter, there's also the, you know, disavowing Kanye. So there are, and of course, also Bill Cosby, there's uh, plenty of different references we can point to in pop culture, in um, society where, We believe they should be canceled, if you will. And so there is a prevalence for cancel culture, if you will. Some people believe in it. Some people believe in giving space for, uh, you know, mistakes. And personally, since we're on the topic, um, with the Kevin Hart situation where they went back and... um, what do you call it? Um, dug up some tweets that he made years ago and decided that they didn't, a certain demographic of the population did not want him to host the, what was it? The Oscars? I think it was some shit. I don't know. Whatever. But they didn't want him to be part of it. Excuse me. Now I feel that it's fair for the offended demographic to voice their concerns, voice their feelings or opinions on it, and then decide that they don't want someone who has made certain uh, rhetoric or uh, commentary about their demographic to represent them or entertain them in any sense. I get it. Also, I am also a believer in... Allow people the time and grace to get better. Allow people the time and grace to improve, and to um, you know, grow and mature. I, at the same, on the same hand, also think that people should, especially, these people that are adults, should be held responsible for things that they do as an adult. I'm going to apologize in advance, guys. I'm getting over a cold. So, forgive the coughing and the congestion and the sniffles. Yeah, I've been there before. Uh bear with me. Um so, essentially, I understand and can see how each side of the coin may feel. Um Similarly, if someone were to have made really nasty or um, repulsive comments about black women 10 years ago, do I really think that they're going to love and respect me today? I'm more inclined to think that they're not. So I, on one hand, agree with the people that said, fuck them, I don't want them to host it. But I also see where there should be some space for growth. Um, I feel like a lot of people say things to be funny. A lot of people say things for attention. A lot of people say things just for shock value, and they say things just to get a rise out of people. And especially considering the field that he is in, um, I can see how sometimes people may say things that they don't 100% believe in. Do I think that he should not be held accountable for that? No. But I do think that it does open the space for this conversation in terms of, you know, how the average person or the common person should be uh, viewed in the light of mistakes, growth, maturity, development, and all of that kind of shit. So... That's all I've been able to personally come to terms with in terms of the um, situation. But, I don't want to say in connection, but like related to the whole cancel culture is cancel culture and travel. Do you cancel destinations? Do you cancel countries? Do you cancel you know, different um, activities. You cancel vendors and providers for certain um, travel-related necessities, if you will, yourselves. For example, supporting problematic governments. Personally, after, I want to say it was 2013, perhaps i want to say it was 2013 i was looking through a couple of articles just to like kind of refresh myself to make sure that the um information that i remembered was um correct or even near factual and i personally vowed not to go to dr after hearing how they basically rescinded citizenship of thousands and thousands of Haitian Dominicans, well, Dominicans of Haitian descent because they were Dominicans by birth. Um, Many of them were born to undocumented parents in the Dominican Republic, or they were born to Immigrant parents, so either undocumented or immigrant parents. Either way, they were of Haitian descent, and many of them had their citizen citizenship revoked. And I think it went back as far as like eighty years or something crazy like that. Uh, many of them were able to, I guess, reapply for citizenship. But I've read someplace that like seventy percent of the people that tried to reapply, and mind you, this is no like easy task. Of course, you've got to find all types of paperwork, where in certain situations it can be nearly impossible to find because depending on whether um, there was a language barrier or if there was a, um, uh, a wall of poverty that needed to be ascended, like in terms of if you didn't have the money to have your child in a hospital and you had your child, or if you didn't have the access to have your child in a hospital, or my grandfather was born in 1930. He was born like in his home, you know, like he wasn't born in a hospital. The midwife didn't, you know, um, I guess turn in his birth certificate till a week later. So my grandpa lived the majority of his adult life thinking he had one birthday when he had another. So, I mean, that is in civilized United States. Um, not to say that DR or any other countries are uncivilized. Let me rescind that. But that is in the, um, what's the uh, First world country, if you will, of the United States. Granted, it was in the 30s, but we know tons of shit about the 30s it was trash. But, I say all that to say, there are many ways in which finding proof of your birth or finding um, just actual paperwork of whom you were born to or, you know, those types of documents can be nearly impossible for a lot of people. Um, so, with all those people being affected, effectually, many of them decided to deport themselves. I don't believe that there was an actual force deportation of these um, uncitizened, I guess, if you will, uh, population. But many, many people were affected by this. Um, I know one article; uh, one young lady was. Playing soccer for DR and then had to kind of cut that dream short because she was unable to continue to travel with the Dominican team because she couldn't get her paperwork renewed. Either way, it's just a lot of racial and colorism and other prejudicial practices that went into a lot of my decision based, uh, a lot of my decision. To not visit the country, I felt as if I personally didn't want to contribute to uh, a not not just government, but just a society that looked at black and brown people. So I don't want to say nastily. I don't really like that word. Just I'm not Haitian, but someone I know for the longest time. I'd had mad at my friends, especially friends with college. I was like, yo, D, you're not Haitian? Brian never been Haitian a day in my life. Except for, <laughs> hey, Trey, except for what, what um, I think it was a Labor Day parade. I hung out with Tracy all day. I was Haitian that day. But I don't have to be Haitian to relate to a Haitian person. Um, in solidarity of other people of color, people of African descent, you would have thought that a lot of Dominicans would have you know, looked at the people that are sharing the same fucking island as them and just said, well, y'all is next door, but there is no real logic to colorism and racism and we all know these things to be true. Say all that to say, I personally would not want to um, put myself in a place where I knew that I could be, um, what's the word I'm looking for, where I could be Treated unfairly, treated uh, poorly, or um, victimized because of the color of my skin. I already live in fucking America. You know what I mean? I'm not going to vacation in a space where I feel like it can. Not only is it a possibility that this would happen, but I'm hearing stories of, reading articles and seeing news reports of, you know, people's entire lives being, you know, disrupted because of what the government decided to um because of the prejudicial practices that the government decided to back up and you know facilitate really fucking up people's lives personally i said because of that i'm not going to dr uh haven't still have no desire to um that's your cup of tea i know a lot of people That, you know, love going over there and they'll go here, they'll go there, this side of the island, that side of the island. By all means, fam, have a good time. Shit ain't for me. Um, I know another country. Now, this one is a kind of different end of the spectrum where I went to Qatar back in, I want to say it was 2017. At the time... I knew absolutely nothing about Qatar. It was actually just a layover stop. It was my layover before I went to Thailand. So when I arrived in Thailand, I think it was only like a 72 hour, wasn't even 72 hours? It may have been 72 hours, it may actually have, no, I think it was like a 72 hour layover. So I was in Qatar no more than like three days. When I got to Thailand, that was right around the time that there were talks of, like, stopping flights from even crossing over Qatar. Like, they was, like, restricting airspace. It was all types of wild, scary shit to, like, a new traveler. At this point, I'm sitting on my bed. Like, mind you, I just walked into the hotel in Thailand. I sat down in the bed, turned on the TV. I don't know um, how y'all do when you go to other countries, Hey, to you guys watching on the Facebook Live, thanks for joining me. Um, I tend to look for English-speaking channels. Turn to TV, where can I hear it, find something in English? Even if I'm not necessarily going to um, watch TV while I'm there, sometimes you want background noise. Like, If I'm just going to chill in the room and drink, if I'm not going to read something or search through shit online, burn up some Wi-Fi, whatever, you find a movie or something and, you know, entertain yourself that way before you fall asleep, all right? So I'm going through the channels and, of course, there's like CNN. And... They're talking about all of these restrictions and issues with Qatar, blah, blah, blah. I had no clue what the fuck was going on. I didn't understand what was happening. But then I'm thinking to myself, yo, is this when, like, a seasoned adult would say, let me leave now? God forbid I'm unable to get back into the country should things go left, I stayed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's obvious at this point, but I definitely stayed. Um, I had already come off the money for the Thailand trip, and I didn't want to miss out on all of that. And I didn't also want to miss out on the opportunity to enjoy Thailand. I'd never been, um, you know, that far before, so definitely had a great time. I'm here now, so you know, obviously that worked out all right, but. I ended up learning from, I don't remember who it was. Somebody was telling me, though, that Qatar is trash. Like, they are historically trash. I um, What they ended up telling me, oh, I think it was somebody from my job. They were telling me um, that Qatar has had a really iffy history with uh, Filipino workers, where they'll come over there, because I think they're having the World Cup there in a couple of years, or well, they're doing something over there because I remember while I was there they were doing a lot of uh, infrastructure development. They were building a lot of highways. They were building like I, f- I feel like their first train or you know improving the bus system, some shit like that. I remember talking about that with one of the um, taxi drivers. Well, the um, the guy that I did the desert tour with, like he picked me up from the hotel and we drove out to the desert. Blah blah blah. So he was telling me about you know this great. Um, uh, what do you call it? Event or this great, there's a better word for it. I can't think of it, but this great happening that was coming to Qatar. And mind you, they are the, I believe they're the richest country in the world, Qatar. It's tiny. It's a tiny little country in the Middle East. Richest fucking country in the world. Um, they are wild. I think it's all oil money. I, I think so. I screenshotted the article that I was supposed to reference, and then I forgot that I'm live on Facebook. So there goes my point of reference. But anyway, um, coworker of mine was telling me that um, look, at us. Oh, look, look at you producing, producer. Um, just Qatar, um, Q A T A R. Um, is Qatar problematic? That's what I had googled. But anyway, they. Oh, such a headache, guys. Um This is real life shit right here. Like you've worked through this shit. You don't have to feel great to do something that you enjoy doing. I actually like doing this. Um but anyway, still like to say. He was telling me that uh Qatar had a iffy issue with I think it was that foreign policy, that one. Um they had issue where the, a lot of the Filipino workers were coming over for work, but then they were like, he said something like they was taking their passports and basically forcing them into working. So they a, a lot of the uh, status of the workers was really questionable whether or not it is being forced labor, whether it's slavery there. Um, so, But I'd never heard about that. And when I was looking up what the problems from when... That I could have been aware of, where back in two thousand seventeen, that didn't come up. But what did come up was, these motherfuckers funded mad um, agencies in different countries. I think it was. Go back to that article for me. It was. I think it was Syria, Libya. um, Scroll down for me. What was it? Libya, Syria to
1: support Hamas
0: and. Yeah, that was it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, what it was basically saying: Qatar's role in the United States. This is um, what was this? Is this CNN.com? Where is this? No, foreign oh, policy. foreignpolicy.com. Uh, it was, but Qatar's role in the United States Middle East policy is far more, far more problematic than is commonly recognized. The tiny yet ambitious Gulf Emirate has sought to use its immense hydrocarbon wealth to finance and arm civil wars in Libya and Syria to support Hamas and Gaza and to—I can't see that mm -hmm, far—mediate disputes in Sudan and Lebanon. Its interests sometimes align with the United States, but too often they do not. The launch of Al Al Jazeera America— the news network it's government owned should uh, redirect attention to Doha's goals and means Doha's the capital so essentially these motherfuckers is funding just horrific conditions in other countries now I don't know the fuck about you but for me that's problematic I don't know where all now now, here's a distinction. Also, consider when you go someplace, how much of what you do actually supports the people or supports the government? That was one of the questions they asked you while traveling to Cuba. You can't go to you go to Cuba on like I think they're it's like 12 different visa categories or something like that. And essentially, the most popularly used one is support of the people. You're going over there to uh, shop with local shop owners. You're going over there to shop and patronize different artists. You're going over there to, um, uh, what do you call it, um, stay with Airbnb, you know, stay at Airbnbs um, and to spend your money with different um people that may do, uh, what do you call them, like uh, experiences and stuff like that. So that's what I did. I had a great time basically supporting all small businesses while I was out there. Excuse me, I stayed at an Airbnb. I hired a private taxi driver. I uh, booked all my excursions through Airbnb as well. I didn't, um, you know, stay at hotels or anything that may have, you know, Benefited the government, if you will, right? So it was definitely, I was there to, you know, support the people. Now, if you were to go, like, we'll say my Qatar trip, I stayed at um, a hotel. If, in my mind, I don't want to support the government, is it, justifi- is it justifiable to go and stay at an establishment that you know doesn't? or isn't run by the government? Like, is that how that works? Is that how you split those hairs? I'm curious as to, you know, what you guys may, you know, have thoughts, what your thoughts on that would be about. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, um, uh, can you fix this? Like I'm crooked the whole, like the whole way. Huh? Oh, well, I guess it fixed itself. There you go. Look at that. Problem solved. Whoops. Okay, yeah, thanks. So, like what I was saying is, I don't know that necessarily what I would be or where I would be staying or the things that I would be doing would be supporting the government. So, is... Staying with or spending with small businesses, privately owned industries, like do you research into that kind of thing in order to avoid that feeling of supporting an entity or a um, an establishment that you don't believe in? Or do you just not go? So it's like how do you split the difference? You know what I mean? Like I won't go to DR because of the way um, – The government handled the situation, but also because I know that a lot of the people also, um, treat the people that live there. I was talking to, um, Kevin, actually, I don't know if he told the story on his episode, um, but they were, they were over in DR, and I believe that someone had gotten, like, in his group of friends that he was with, someone had gotten their phone stolen, and um, they ended up having to have some type of police activity, like, encounter with the police to help them out with the phone or something like that. And they witnessed the police out there harassing and beating and just abusing uh, a child a seven-year-old child like the kid, like the kid couldn't have been older than seven just because he was Haitian um, so yeah I've I, I can't bring myself to be in that and it's not that like on every block you're in or it's like people are trash in New York horrible shit happens in New York but it doesn't stop people from coming to New York you know what I mean so it's one of those things that I'm kind of like, grappling with personally in terms of to what level of support are you able to um uh shit rationalize i feel like that's the word i wanted to uh come up with (coughs) what level of support do you want to play what role do you want to play in um supporting or not supporting different things you may or may not believe in also What about, like, your experiences, you know? When you go to, another example, Thailand trip, I ended up doing one of the, I did an elephant ride. Now, that elephant ride. When I went to Thailand, I told myself that I was not going to seek any of that out. I had no desire to ride an elephant or go to, you know, like, um one of those uh tiger habitats and pet a tiger that, that i wasn't interested in that but the opportunity availed itself my driver for that day was taking me to big buddha and watch along and along the way there was uh, i don't know if it was an elephant sanctuary i don't know what title to give it but the opportunity aroused to uh Ride the elephants. I was there. Fiscally, you know, reasonable. And I went with it. Now, I can't say I witnessed any uh, mistreatment. um, But I'm no, you know, zookeeper. Like, I'm no veterinarian. I don't know what a happy elephant looks like. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I don't know. So... I can't say that I personally witnessed anything that turned me off of the experience. It seemed like the, uh, I guess, driver or the handler for the elephant that I, hey Val, or the handler that um, I was partnered with seemed to have a pretty good rapport with his animal. But again, that's not what my degree is in. I can't say these things to be true or factual. Um, but in terms of supporting industries where you're not certain about what your participation does to, um, further about what your participation does to further along, uh, industries or practices that you don't quite believe in so that one was a little uncomfortable for me I didn't I had a decent time it was scary as fuck elephants are incredibly high off the ground they walk right on the fucking edge of the cliff I don't understand that for something so large why would you want to risk it like that don't fucking know um you're on this real jank um Seating kind of thing. It's like a bench tied onto uh, an elephant. It's literally like a chair bench tied on the elephant's back. I'll post a picture. Um, check out the Instagram for that. Um, so it's like a chair bench. Can you write a note so I can remember that for me? Can you do that? Appreciate you, bro. Um, and you feel like you're going to fall off. Like I was. Huh? Oh, Thailand pick. Elephant pick in particular, Thailand elephant pig. Um, this is me committing to posting twenty nineteen. Okay, um, the um, it was a really scary experience, and I don't know how I didn't just think in advance of you're going into the jungle, fucking spiders. I am terrified of spiders, and there was. Noth- I, I don't even know if feeling like I'm going to fall off the cliff was scarier or if feeling like I'm going to be walked into a giant fucking spider web was more scary. Because you're, like, on top of the elephant, so you're, like, amongst, like, the trees and, you know, like, the, the shit's is hanging down and shit. Bruh, I was fucking scared. I was fucking scared of the spiders that were up there in the trees. So, yeah, I ended up supporting that business with my money. And I didn't quite know if it was a business that I could believe in. I didn't know if it was a business that I could feel, you know, safe that you know the workers weren't mistreated, that the animals weren't mistreated. I felt very uneasy supporting that. Additionally, you hear about um, stuff like uh, sex trafficking happening across the globe. Um, like, what if there were a club that were really popular in the city that you were staying in, but somehow you found out that a lot of like the go-go dancers or like the bartenders were, um, or that even, you know, say, I don't know, um, like a bar was run by like the local mob or like something like that. And it was still like a really, you know, quote, safe space for tourists to go visit and they had, you know, shit that you liked, reasonably priced drinks, great music. It had, you know, uh, it was maybe located in a historically relevant location that you always wanted to see. Would you feel comfortable um, patronizing the business if there were some understanding that funds From this business went into supporting an industry that you were strongly against. Like, see, something like that I feel like is, like, when you say it out loud, it's like, oh, my God, that's a really clear-cut decision to make. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to support child trafficking or sex work uh, for, you know, minors and children and shit like that. So, why would I go eat at a restaurant that is owned by A cartel or uh, a crime family or something that is supporting this, right? But are you doing that fucking research? Are you googling shit like that when you go places? Like, is you looking this shit up? Like, are you? And then who's to say that you know your Google search? Of course, you could jump in. Can I jump in? Yeah, go for it. Rope is turning. Jump in the rope. All right. So what happens when
1: all right? You're purposely not supporting these people Mm -hmm. or. You purposely and subconsciously not doing it? Like, because, you know, this thing that you just ate today.
0: (coughs) McDonald's. I had some nuggets, y'all. I only do McDonald's on
1: Tuesday. You never know who owns that. Did you see what uh, uh,
0: Trump gave the the, the sports team today? I did, because I didn't understand the memes that I was seeing. But he gave it to them. Because he's an affiliate of them not or something, even, right?
1: Not even no. that. That might be some shit, too. But he gave it to them because he said because of the shutdown, people have to adjust. So he's saying, basically, McDonald's is what people have to eat because of the government shutdown. Meaning people are adjusting to eating low-quality food. So he gave that to growing young men from college that clog up their arteries so they can't even be the people. that They probably won't be able to come to... Freaking, what's name next
0: year? First of all, bro, I can get myself McDonald's. I'm not coming to the White House to have McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But
1: but say, for instance, we don't know who owns a piece of these. Like, you don't know if the mob owns some big mobster in Long Island or anybody. Like,
0: of if, course, it could be for money laundering. It ain't hard to get a you know like a franchise. So, You're right.
1: At the end of the day, you also kind of got to look at you not supporting certain things. Who work in these places? Mm-hmm. So say it, it might be a low paying job to us, but it might be a good job to them in their country, which can take care of their kids no matter, regardless of what the person that owns it is doing. Right. So you shut right. out the the big wig is also shutting out the little little wig too. Mm-hmm. So what about that? Like you said, you don't want to go to DR, but there, you know, it's DR's government that does that. You know, but a lot of lot the of people, people, oh yeah, of course. In, yeah. in America, with in in our own backyard, with the Starbucks and all that other crap. Mm-hmm. So why not go to another country where they like? If you ever been to DR, they need the money. Like when you driving to your resort, you see people. It'd be like three tours a, a scooter. Grandmas, they mm-hmm. carrying their. Luggage or whatever it is Like there, it's, it's still poor That's why you go to the yard uh, $1,500 for three people And eat like a king for five days All inclusive Because you know they, They're they still kind of a
0: poor country Oh yeah But I feel like there's other poor countries you could visit It just like
1: knows who I am automatically
0: Yeah it does <laughs> Facebook live be you knowing Yeah they think I'm my grandma. It's the cutest thing, because we have like basically the same face. Yeah. But um, facial recognition is some shit. Mm-hmm. But- oh, that's another one we could talk about. Big brother, bro, mm-hmm. another issue. But yeah, I see your point, because it's like, take a strip club for example, right? Mm-hmm. You can feel how you want about how you want to feel about strippers. You can. Uh, feel how you want about alcohol and drinking and whatever, right? Yeah. But what a lot of pe- people fail to realize is that strippers is regular ass people. Mm-hmm. You're passing by, reg- like you'd be surprised how many people you encounter that are strippers that you wouldn't assume was a stripper because of your preconceived notion of what a stripper looks like. Yeah. A lot of strippers have regular ass nine to five jobs. A lot of them do it to supplement their income because it's fucking easy. Like I'm busting my ass at regular work all fucking day. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to bust my ass again? And now mind you, these girls work very hard. First of all, talking to people all fucking night is no fun at all. Mm -hmm. I used to bartend at a strip club and just dealing with people's personalities is annoying as hell. Uh, Being in a service industry is annoying as hell because you'll have somebody come in there and so they're flirting with you. They're like, yo, let me get six Coronas. No, no, no. Bro, what you want? You want a Corona or you want a Heineken? I know. Uh, four four Coronas, uh, two Heinekens. Let me get, like, four patrol shots, six Henny shots. Yo, nigga, what you want? Oh, yo, I'm saying no. I could take you out, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. All of a sudden, the bill comes up to, like, $40. They give you a $50 bill and take they change back. Mm-hmm. Bro, like, you, not only did you have a large order, you made me fucking work for it. You changed your mind four fucking times. I'm standing here waiting to take your order. You're talking to seven people at the same time. You're like you're being you're making this a difficult transaction here. So it's one thing if you walk up to me, hey, can I have a corona? Great. I give you the corona. It's a seven dollar beer. You take your you give me the ten dollars and you take your change back. You were very easy. It, it, I didn't really do much work. Would I like you to leave your change as a tip? Of fucking course. However, you didn't make this a difficult transaction. So it's just like, all right, take your change and go. Yeah. But when you're causing me to do extra work and you're being an asshole about the situation you're sitting here trying to take me out you're sitting here trying to kick your game but nigga you don't even tip yeah. where the fuck is you taking me where you don't tip why would I want to go someplace with you and you don't tip so it's like I feel like that's always the argument I think of when somebody says well what about the people that work at these places you may not believe in the industry of like stripping if you will Mm. or you may not know who owns the club like why Mm. do you have the club are you pimping your girls out are you you know being disrespectful to the girls is this like feeding the patriarchy is this like demeaning to women like there's so many like large picture ideas behind uh strippers and strip clubs and sex workers and stuff like that but at the end of the day somebody that wakes up shows up Willingly goes into this building to do some type of work, whether it be the house mom, whether it be the bouncer, whether it be a dancer, whether it be a bartender, whether it be a manager, these are people that still have their bills to pay. So that's always the thing that I think of when somebody gives me that argument in terms of supporting the little people that work at like these big problematic entities.
1: So that's the thing, like when you go to these countries and like, uh, especially in the Caribbean, that's where I mostly travel when you go off the resort and you see them leaving work, mm-hmm. they, they're they going back to the rural area. Right. And this is a great job for them because this is job will be there most of their whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, they could work their whole life at these jobs. So,
0: they need these jobs. So, and you know. Personally, that's why I like going to Airbnbs. Um, I especially like going to Airbnbs where I know the people live on site or live near the but property. You're not
1: really helping the company. I mean, it, the the when you're going there, mm-hmm. you you're not helping the uh, what is it? What is it? What is like it the government or not, the not the government. infrastructure? Like yeah, the, the infrastructure, the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Because these people, you're helping them. One person at a time.
0: Right. That's where I feel more comfortable. Like when I travel. But then again, I don't know. I don't know these fucking people. Yeah. They could. They could be terrible people. So what? Yeah. I could be be putting money into their pocket to do terrible shit. Because
1: they, for, for them to be able to have, a Airbnb, they have to be doing something. To in these countries, especially in these other, you know, these other countries, they have to be say up. We have money to be able to rent
0: out places. Or they could just pool their resources where okay, you you got an apartment. Mm-hmm. Your cousin got an apartment. You move in with your cousin and rent your apartment and you and your cousin supplement, you know, money from, you know, rental to help pay the bills in this now, yeah. you know, household that we all share together. Well, because I was thinking about that. It like also there was could be-
1: you know, you, you're know, looking at it as cousins and family. It could also be the big drug lord or the big whatever over there. Mm-hmm. This is the way they make their money without having to go into the hotel industry. They might own a, a bunch of little places in order to get that money.
0: That's one thing that I feel like um, Airbnb and I, I, I don't know if, it's this, if it was the state of New York or if it was like a city issue mm-hmm. where they were having those issues uh, and... Court, Blah blah blah. I think Airbnb had like a big win. I just remember hearing that in the headlines
1: because of the privacy issues. That's what it was about. Oh, it was they, privacy? Yeah, they wanted the cameras to and out. stuff. They, no, not even cameras. They wanted to give the information to the government of who to, who are they renting? Who the up. renter? Oh, yeah, really? And vice versa. Like who's renting? I mean, who's coming for the night and who's going? You know, who's going?
0: Mm-hmm. So. I didn't know that. Now I actually to know, want to pull that up more. Know all of that. I know there was a documentary. I want to say it was on Vice, where um, I think it was based out of New Orleans, where after Katrina, people were going in and just buying property. And instead of, like, flipping it to sell it, they would flip it and do rentals. So a large number of the rentals in New Orleans are owned by people that don't even live in the city. And they're taking housing options or housing availability away from people. And of course, like that's one of the issues in New York. Um, people saying, "Well, if you're renting this out to Airbnb, where am I supposed to stay?" That's yeah. why I rent is so high here because you know you have all these people that are renting for Airbnb as opposed to using these apartments for people that want to live and work in Manhattan or in Queens or wherever it is that you know uh, these areas are. Yeah. And I actually know somebody other than Diana um, that does. I know a couple people that do Airbnb, so maybe I'll do like a Airbnb. Yeah. Episode kind of, I'll probably look into that. Uh, Mental note that, guys, I'll be back with that one. But I hate the idea. I don't say hate. I think it's a great idea. It's a great come up if you got the wild money to just buy the property and then it's a great way to make money. However, I feel like it is very detrimental to the communities that you are in and the communities that you're doing this in because. It's taking away, it's uh, decreasing the housing market and it's, you know, hiking rents for people that do have to rent. And also, I think it's a little uh, inauthentic to the person that is expecting a certain experience. Like, if I'm going here, I would prefer, I know I personally enjoy having the whole house to myself, but I like the idea of staying in a space where. I like the idea of supporting a family or supporting a person that is renting out spare space in their home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That kind of so thing. You said
1: what, what did you just say prior to that about it um taking away the
0: Oh, like the uh it fucks with the housing market in oh, the cities. Oh, no, no.
1: You said something
0: Oh, about the 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 authenticity in the area. Like if you're staying in a location because you want to feel how people really live out there, mm-hmm. if say there are 15 houses on the block, if Seven of them are rentals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, four of those rentals aren't of people that actually live there. They're just, like, yeah. Airbnb. Like, they're just... I don't want to say trap houses. But they're just, like, yeah. houses that somebody that doesn't live there is just renting out. Mm-hmm. Now I'm amongst people that are other tourists and people that are just coming in there as opposed to me dropping myself into a neighborhood that's just got people that live here. But I think that... Which air- is kind of rare, because what are the chances that there are going to be, like, ten houses on the block that yeah, are all Airbnbs, old, old Airbnbs and they're all yeah. tourists?
1: But I think that is it's... a stretch. I get I it. I think but. it's very, like, authentic. Because being that you get to live... I mean, you get to stay on a city block, opposed to a hotel, which is secluded away from mm-hmm. homes and the people that's in the neighborhood. So if you go to Brooklyn and rent out an Airbnb in Brooklyn, and you're in Crown Heights on the block where there's a and you, you're staying in a brownstone you've heard about the brownstones all your life and, mm-hmm. and you watch the New Cosby York. show yeah, you've seen so, you you know, people that live in see, brownstones to, you actually get to sleep in the brownstone you actually see the community around the brownstone mm-hmm. you actually get the whole New York Brooklyn lifestyle in one shot so in a way Airbnb, even if it
0: is just somebody that renting it yeah Excuse
1: me, a way, the building just Yeah, because you can it. go down the block to the corner on Flatbush or whatever and go get you an authentic beef patty. Like
0: mm-hmm. you're going to get you all right. that because when you, you go right. to a
1: hotel, you're not going to get You got to leave the from the hotel, hotel area and, it's a, it's and go. It is a whole thing to go to New, to 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 Brooklyn to get you some cheesecake from Juniors when you could have been up the block and been in a This is
0: true. Yeah, like you
1: actually get to see the neighborhood.
0: That's another reason why I enjoy uh, the Airbnb. (coughs) Because I can't fucking stand tourists. I always try to be a reasonable tourist when I'm traveling because of my disdain for tourists here. Mm -hmm. Don't stand in the middle of the street when you're lost. Don't carry like, you know, don't drag your bags mad slow. Like, if you're going to be lost... Be lost out of everybody's fucking way. It's the same rule my dad always has on the fucking road. I don't give a fuck if you lost. Just do it out of my way. Don't be lost in the middle of the street. Pull the fuck over and be lost. Yeah. Be considerate of the people around you. People that stop in the middle of the street to take pictures. It's like, bruh, it's fucking green light. What are you doing? Like, you, you can't do this right here. It's unsafe for you and everybody else around you. They
1: they that's even like law now. Like when you mm-hmm. take the I ninety five down, when, like I was driving to Florida,
0: and um. Oh yeah, left lane is just for passing. No, not even that. If you get in,
1: it says it, if you get in an accident, pull over. Pull over. Don't stay in the middle of the the road.
0: Yeah, pull over.
1: Don't want
0: that shit pile up. Yep, that's how other people get hurt. Yeah. Right, unless it's, God forbid, something that, okay, now my my vehicle is disabled and all that kind of shit. It's on fire. Pull over. Yeah. Pull the fuck over. Like, the damage is still gonna be the same. Pull over, take your little pictures over there, Mm -hmm. and everybody get out the middle of the highway. The same thing was just like common sense. Don't be in the left lane if you're just trying to go to speed limit. Like, pull out, like, that's what all the other lanes are for. Mm -hmm. Left lane is for passing. You pass people on the left hand side. Once you pass, get over. Like, I feel like that's more like on, like, I don't wanna say international, but like on like main highways where like people that drive, people that travel, like when you go to other. Like you know those like if when you take 95, mm-hmm. you know 95 is gonna go through however many fucking states you gotta get through. Yeah. So something like 95, most people on that fucking highway know stay the fuck to the right. You get in the left lane when you're trying to pass. Wherever state I've ever driven in is, is that general consensus of there's usually just one or two assholes. That are just going to be in the way. Same thing when we were driving in Canada. The left lane is for passing. Mm-hmm. Everybody else gets over. Like on, the, on highways where that is the shit, where y'all is just driving through and really shit else to see, everybody stays to the right. It's like a universal law. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that's the universal law of being a fucking tourist. Like move out the fucking way. And a lot of people don't realize that. And I don't know if it's because they're not travelers or maybe they're from slower environments. I I feel like it's got to be that you're from slower environments if you're just not used to like a hustle and a bustle and a get the fuck out of the way kind of mentality. But I I don't know if I guess if y'all know, uh, are there any other areas where people stay the fuck out the way? Like, is that a thing? Like, I I would love to know if it's just like a New York thing. Is it just like a metropolitan city thing? Because I don't understand where these people are coming from that they get so like, (gasps) I don't feel like I've ever been anywhere where I've just been so foregone in what's going on around me that I forget what's going on around me. I don't know. That shit's wild. But then like the other thing that I wanted to touch on was stuff like the luxury of not going with just um, the cheapest option. Like after United dragged that dude off of the plane. And there was, like, a boycott of United where, you know, there may have been a flight attendant who treated somebody very nastily and we're boycotting this, we're boycotting that. Like, do you follow through? Like, how canceled are some of these uh, providers? You know what I mean? Like, do you have the luxury of just you know, xing out certain carriers. Um, For example, I've heard horror stories of like Spirit, people that fly Spirit. So personally, I can fairly safely say that I will likely never fly Spirit. I don't believe in, if I can avoid paying extra for a checked bag, if I can avoid paying extra for, um, you know, I hate paying extra for the seat selection, but depending on how long the flight is, I will pay it. So I know that I'm likely to, within the next couple of weeks, see how many seats are left for this trip to um, to Norway because I can't see myself being on the plane for eight hours in the middle aisle. I need a window seat. I mean, not the middle aisle, in a middle seat. I need window or choice B is the aisle seat. I would prefer window because I'm small. I put my knees up and I go to sleep on the, on the wall kind of thing, but do you just cancel an airline when say for example you if what if you had uh, one of like the 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 point cards or something like i have my Amex, i get delta miles like if delta fucks up i'm sure there's been some instance where delta has fucked up but say it was delta that did that i'm certain that there's some issue with delta just because what are the chances that there isn't an issue you know but do you now all of a sudden stop Benefiting from the, quote, hard work that you put into, you know, figuring out what purchases to make and what methods to use. Like last week, Diana was saying how a lot of these, um, I think it was airlines, have the opportunity to do um, affiliate links. There you go. Uh, affiliate links with travel. So if you've spent the better portion of a year accumulating a number of points or accumulating a certain uh, savings or whatever the fuck you do with it to get to a point where you have um, discounted or um, free travel, do you all of a sudden just Cancel that airline Do you cancel that provider Do you cancel that brand In general Like after the whole uh, H&M debacle uh, With the whole coolest monkey In the jungle thing I haven't shopped At H&M Until I want to say it was like a week or two ago And I am Low-key ashamed like, I feel, you did a good
1: eight
0: months. I, I really, and I only went, y'all will see the purchase. No, that's what I'll say. Stay tuned to the gram. Y'all see, y'all, you will see what I purchased. And then when I post it, remind me somebody to tell you the story about said purchase that made me realize what I missed about H&M. But at the same time, somebody remind me. Why about H and M next? Is it next week? I think it is next week. I think it's next Friday. Yeah, it's not this Friday. It's the following Friday. That's when I leave. Somebody remind me, right? But yeah, I don't necessarily have the luxury of, and that's another thing. Like some people say, oh, I strictly fly Delta for the miles. I strictly fly American or Jet Blue for the miles. I'm flying strictly whoever is whomever is the cheapest. That's who I'm flying. Um, If there is like a really small difference between the cost of a flight um, and something like I've often booked a more expensive flight because it gives me more time in a location or I've booked a more expensive flight because it gives me the luxury of not having to pay for a checked bag. I mean, certain things like that. You do what you got to do because Financially it just makes more sense. It's like the cost of it's like what am I? What am I? What did she teach me? Shout out to my cousin Brandy She taught me to look at the cost per unit and a lot of times that's how she'll make the decision To find out what's actually cheaper like you can have this set of toilet paper um, For eleven ninety nine, and then this uh, thing of toilet paper is sixteen ninety nine. dollars and you're looking at the two and you're thinking, oh, $11, it's cheaper than 16 However, you realize that the $16 package of toilet paper actually has like a cost per unit of like a dollar per roll versus the $11 one has a cost of like $1.75 a roll. Stupid shit like that, right? That is now how I decide on what I'm going to spend on some things depending on What I'm actually getting the best bang for my buck. And a lot of fucking times, that is how I make the decisions based on airlines. That's how I choose a flight. Because I'm going to get a better um, return on the dollars that I spend. If I can spend, like, it might be $150 cheaper to fly on a Saturday, like a Saturday morning, but... I can get a whole 20 hours in if I fly, you know, an extra 20 hours if I fly in on, say, Friday night. I'm going to fly in a Friday night because I'm basically getting an extra day. Is the day in a certain location worth $150 to me? Depending on where it is, fuck yeah it is. So that's how I make a lot of the decisions instead of, like, sadly, um, social or, like, political things. And that is more so in terms of like vendors and suppliers and um I don't want to say I guess it would be considered like a brand yeah for a um for like a travel related something. So curious as to what you guys' thoughts are on the whole cancel culture how and how it relates to travel. Do you not go to certain locations based on some things that the government may have implemented? Do you not go based on stories that you've heard from other people? Do you not go based on not wanting to support, um, you know, different industries that a country may um, be very well known for or prevalent in? Same thing with. excuse me, experiences or um, establishments? Do you not patronize these establishments or do you not um, spend money with these, um, I guess, event hosts or um, providers if you're uncertain of what your money is going to support? Do you do prior research into where you think your money is going before you go on your trips. I'm curious, are there any social warriors out there that would like to, you know, hold our hands through how we can be more socially conscious travelers? Um, I feel like that would be a really interesting, um, actually. I'm sure it's a thing out there. But, yeah, curious to hear how uh, any of you guys... Try to practice being a socially conscious traveler. All right. So that's going to be it for the Facebook live and for the podcast. Just hold on a quick motherfucking second and I'm going to give you guys the uh, quote for this week. Okay. So this week's quote is damn, I should have tried to think of how to pronounce his name before I started. (laughs) Well, the quote is, so much of who we are is where we have been. It's William Lang... Languish. Yeah. I'll post the uh, quote on the Instagram. Um, seems a few of you like that uh, last week. But um, so much of who we are is where we have been. William L. So For me, that kind of implies that from each experience, you are to take something with you. It's to be added to your toolbox of life, essentially. You know? You're supposed to, um, I guess, learn from every experience. And it kind of makes me think of, I was listening to, I listened to a ton of podcasts. I haven't really, I can't remember the last time I listened uh, to music. But I tend to fall down rabbit holes where I'll discover a podcast, listen to maybe like the first two recent episodes, and then um, go to uh, start from one and work my way up. But anyway, um, I was listening to one of the Red Pill with uh, Van Lathan's podcast. I was listening to the podcast and he had an episode where he had a guest on And they were basically saying that you should often have dialogue or discourse with people that you disagree with because it lets you understand where your opponent, if you will, is coming from. You have to understand their frame of thought in order to, um, successfully, you know, combat or, um, fight against, um, i guess ideology that you don't necessarily agree with, right? So, that quote made me think of that rationale where you may not necessarily agree with all of something or you may not agree with every aspect of something, but in a sense get a feel for or an understanding of it so that you can better under I don't want to say better understand, but so that you can see where there are things that you can do to help said situation or prevent the situation from furthering and um, continuing on as a problem. Now, I don't say that with the thought that you can go to a third world country, see that people are hungry, and end world hunger somehow. Do I believe that someone will figure out how to do it? Of course I do. But for us average people who aren't necessarily going over there to, you know, be the change to, you know, find a problem and fix it, that's not what the majority of us are traveling for. We're going to enrich ourselves. We're going to learn something about ourselves. I know that travel often makes people feel more appreciative of the things that they do have when they go to different places and they realize how easy it is for people to make do or for people to be happy with fewer material possessions. They often will look at all the shit they have and just kind of question why they have that much shit I know that seeing some like for example Instagram accounts dedicated to minimalism makes me look at all the shit I have and question why I hold on to so much of it I personally know why I do hold on to some of it but that's not you know relevant to this conversation right here Um, but I do believe that with travel sorry you gain the advantage of personal experience when you go someplace you learn a lot of people learn differently I know personally I've always been like a hands-on kind of person you can talk 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 and it's not going to sit with me let me do it for myself or let me make it for myself, let me build it, let me see how it moves with my own hands, and that is going to stick with me. All the things that my dad made me help him with on my car are things that I know how to do. Um, I am still going to call him. Hey dad, he called me a little bit ago. Um, I'm still gonna call him so that he can do it, but do I know how to effectually change a tire? Of course I fucking do. Do I know where the windshield fluid goes? Do I know how to check my oil? Do I know where power steering fluid goes? Like those are the things that I can do on my fucking car. Am I going to do it if I don't have to? Fuck no. However, like travel is just one of those things that becomes who I am because of how I experienced it. And I truly feel that that's what travel is able to do for so many of us because we have the luxury of seeing the way other people live, because we have the luxury of experiencing other cultures, you start to see that the world is so much bigger than the things that you know and um, you know live on an everyday basis, that there is a bigger existence than what it is you know of your personal life. And I feel like we can develop who we are by experiencing things that we may not have had the opportunity to experience had we stayed in the same space. So, in connection to, you know, doing, in connection to, like, cancel culture, and I'm still a little indifferent, I guess you can say. Um, There's certain places I'm still uninterested in going to DR, but... In terms of the discussion that we had earlier today, with how much of the actual, you know, research do you put into finding out, um, you know, who the people you don't look up who the people I know the average person doesn't look up who their Airbnb host is. So you know, as much as you may want to support and fund wholesome and you know legally sound operations. Those aren't actually, you know, things that we all are... Pri- That's not information we're always privy to. So, so that to say, still continue to use travel as a learning experience so that you can add to your own personal toolbox and improve the person that you currently are. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you guys on the uh, social medias. Feel free to send an email uh, the email address is TravelAndShitPodcast at gmail.com. You can always reach out on Instagram to uh, TravelAndShit underscore or to me at underscore dcarry. Um So thanks for listening and um, signing off from the Beats on Film Network, guys. Have a great week. Can't wait to see you next one. Bye.